Conspiracy theory disclaimer. Let me just clarify before this episode begins that there is no evidence that any of this is true. This episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only. I am not suggesting or trying to say that any of this nonsense is true. Please don't sue me. Welcome back to this week's episode of Crime Spiracy with your host Shalane and Quentin. Woo! Yeah. Back after Thanksgiving. Yes. We're on week eight. Yeah, that's crazy. Week eight, episode eight, season one of Crime Spiracy. <laughs> we have seasons? Yeah, we do. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah. Whenever, whenever we decide we need a break, we can just be like, "Yeah, we're off for <laughs> for a little while," for and then we're gonna start next season. When you get tired of me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then we can have a little break. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, guys! I finally started my TikTok. <laughs> if you guys want to go follow me, um, if I'm honest, I'm pretty sure my at is Peach Noodles. And I don't remember if it's Peach Noodles 314 or just Peach Noodles. But um, if you, you guys want to look that up, my profile picture is a drawing of Bakugo from My Hero Academia. So that one's me. I got a solid 45 followers right now. Pretty much famous already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have 420 likes hitting that number you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah big big numbers i know big stuff i might as well be verified by now <laughs> <laughs> i'm honest i thought friday was saturday and i was on my way home from work and i was like i'm so excited to do nothing tomorrow and then i was like shit we have the podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but then i was like wait tomorrow's saturday Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Also, Quinn, aren't you excited for Christmas break? We won't have any college stuff for like a month. I know, I'm so excited. It's the only thing keeping me going at this <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Don't worry. The thought of getting this all over with. Jesus. <laughs> And then, uh, Quentin, you wanted to talk about... Okay, so, freaking this this game, right? I, I've been talking about it for the last, like, four weeks on this freaking podcast. <laughs> All right, Cyberpunk. It's going to be the shit. All right, and I haven't even told you about this, but they freaking... They let, um, like, game publishers, like, article publishers, like IGN and Game Informer and stuff like that, they let, um, people have, like, early access to the game. Oh, no way. Yeah, for, like, 16 hours they each got... 16, 16 hours. 16 hours. And they said that the, 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 all the publishers said that the uh, the prologue freaking took them four hours. Oh my god. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> and they freaking, they said it's the most, a lot of them said it's the most expansive, like, map and game that they've ever played. And they said it's the most realistic, like, human-to-human, um, like, uh, like, talking, like, dialogue and stuff, like, interaction. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so I'm, like, super excited. Uh, how much is this gonna be? It's, like, $60. Oh, my God. I freaking pre-ordered it, like, a while ago. Um, I don't have that much money to spend on a video game, but if I did... You probably wouldn't get it. I maybe would. <laughs> maybe? Yeah. It sounds very interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. Very interesting. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, Quentin's going to start us off this week with the conspiracy. Yes, I will start off this week. This is probably going to be a shorter episode because, like I said last week, um, there's like a certain point where you run out of good conspiracies. And that is eight in, apparently. Apparently it's eight in, yeah. Because um, <laughs> I'm trying to pick like stuff that's current. I mean, eventually I'll probably go back to picking stuff that's like past or things that aren't as popular, like... Elvis still being alive, like, Area 51, shit like that. Area 51 is fucking popular, Quentin. What are you talking about? I'm Well, I'm trying to pick stuff that's, like, really popping. Like, really freaking... Really popping? Yeah, like, QAnon and stuff like that. Like, well, that was big. I've heard of Area 51 conspiracies, but I've never heard of any of the other shit you pull out of your ass. Really? Well, that yeah. stuff's, like, like, bigger. Like, it's... Well, it's, like, more current. More current. Yes, more current. <laughs> so anyway, this week I'm gonna do like two like, um, like weekly reports or something weekly like that. Weekly reports. Weekly reports, like newer stuff in the news of conspiracies. So first we have um Joro George <laughs> Joros, George Soros finally responds. Um, for everyone who isn't, for everyone who is into the conspiracy theories, you probably already know that George Soros is always the villain in right-wing conspiracy theories and um for those of you who don't know who george soros is he's basically a billionaire investor and philanthropist oh wow um he's left-leaning so he's um targeted by right-wing quite a bit because he's very um vocal about his opinions Um, just like you quentin yes just like me and the right is always blaming him for stuff like being a lizard person or the occasional (laughs) drinking of children's blood in a demon ritual to stop his aging oh yeah gotta love those yeah I do that on the weekends. Oh, yeah. Every, <laughs> every other Sunday. Every other every, every other Saturday, because we have the podcast on oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he finally spoke out about being the target for these conspiracies in a new documentary. What the documentary is, I have no idea. <laughs> um, he said, and I quote, The fact that I have become involved in so many different issues and have taken controversial positions is now actually working against me. The billionaire philanthropist and investor says, um, he goes on to add, I'm happy that I irritate some people. <laughs> End quote. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty interesting. This mm-hmm. guy, he's, uh, he's just living it up, you know, he's, uh, he thinks it's funny and, um, he's 90 by the way. So <laughs> he has a good sense of humor. He is living his best life. Yeah, really. He is. I mean, there's, like, no evidence that he's, like, a bad guy. Like, he his net worth is, like, $8.9 billion, but he's donated $32 billion to charities. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he's, like, he's like the less problematic J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, a lot of you guys have probably also heard about this one, but this is the second topic. Uh, the giant metal monolith that was found in Utah. Okay, Have you so heard I'm, of this? No, but I'm not going to lie. I looked over at your screen and I thought it said the giant metal moth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a giant metal moth in Utah, actually. It's yeah. flying around, just flapping its fucking wings. Yeah. Living it up. Um, Sounds accurate. So for those of you who haven't heard about this, um, basically a giant metal monolith, um, nobody really knows what it's made out of yet. Uh, there's not a lot, a whole lot of details about it because it's very new. Then why are you saying it's metal? Be- well, people know it's metal, but they don't know what kind of metal. Oh, sorry. They know it's not wood. They know it's not made out of water. We'll post pictures on our Instagram, right, Shalane? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So basically, they found this giant metal monolith in the deep within the Utah desert inside of a canyon. Um, it was spotted by two dudes in a helicopter that just happened to pass by it. The monolith is about 10 to 12 feet tall. The earth around it wasn't displaced, so like it doesn't look like it was buried because it was solid rock around its base. So oh. like there wasn't like dirt like pulled up around it and for what these two people could see anyway. Do you have any descriptions of like what it looks like? Tall, very shiny, like like when you think of like steel or something, it almost looks like a steel beam, but it's like huh. but it's like flat, very smooth. Um Honestly, I can probably pull up a picture for you, and then you can try to describe yeah. it with your with your eyes. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like gray, shiny. Um, oh wow! Yeah, this was just found. It's like in the Utah desert. It's literally just like a big ass metal rectangle sticking out of the ground. Yeah, literally. Like imagine like a um, like a popsicle stick, but metal sticking out of the ground the earth is the popsicle the earth is the popsicle precisely um so anyway so that's pretty interesting i would i would say um it's just in this canyon just vibing and uh, (laughs) um so it was so the the earth around it wasn't like displaced or anything so it looks it doesn't look like it was buried and um so people don't know what the hell it came from like they have no idea yeah the ground around it in like the pictures looked pretty flat so i doubt that it even could have like fell off something like above yeah because it was like straight up and the ground was was, like flat around it it would have have been some and it's like so such an odd thing too like it doesn't make sense how like if it would just like fall like a plane crashed or something and it fell off the plane you know like it's it's too perfectly placed to be put there by accident Yeah, yeah it was definitely placed there uh, the monolith held no clues as to where it came from or who put it there. So this left a whole hell of a lot of room for speculation. They just, like, put a sticky note on the back. Ayo, this is from Mars. Ayo. <laughs> Ayo, yeah. This is from uh, Mercury, actually. This is Mercury Metal. We saw you guys use the stuff. Statue of Liberty as, like, some peace thing. So this is our symbol of peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, some people think that aliens left it there. Just oh, like, my God. I just said that. Yep. <laughs> I'm a genius. Um... And some people think that the aliens are living underground, and the monolith is how you enter their secret little chamber, chamber bunker area. Dude, I've had dreams like that. What, the aliens are living in the ground? No, they're not living in the ground. Bro, you have freaking... I have really weird dreams. Yeah. That just reminded me of this one dream I had, that the people were like zombies. Zombies? Yeah, like, the world was infested with zombies, so it's a zombie apocalypse, right? And I'm like in it's a normal chalene dream yeah it's kind of like a hotel and like a hospital it's it's like a mix of stuff there were like chairs all over the place and like hallways and rooms and then there was like this one zombie but it was like i could tell that it was another person just like dressed up as a zombie so he wouldn't be eaten you know yeah and he's like ayo i see you under the table come with me and he's and he leads me over to like this fucking tube and it's like lined. A tube. Yeah, like a human-sized tube. Um, have you seen The Walking Dead? Yeah, but like only a little bit because I got bored like two or three seasons in. Okay. Oh, okay. So you did see the parts where they like covered themselves in yes. guts. Okay. Yeah, I did see that. So that's probably where this dream came from. 
well at least a little bit but so yeah i'd say so so they led me to like this human sized like tube like pvc like white tube pvc yeah but like human sized interesting yeah and so this guy he like climbs into it he like opens the top off the ground is it straight down yeah oh but it has like so so it's not just like a fun little slide no but it has like a like a plastic fleshy lining on the inside so you have like a sort of softer friction to slide down instead of just dropping to your death your dreams seem very detailed (laughs) yeah and and so he's like come on and he like slips down into the hole and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) but i'm like i so i go in after him and and it like drops me onto like this little circular circular platform at the bottom and then and then you walk out and this guy's got this whole fucking laboratory down here and he has like his wife that's like a zombie in a cage that he's trying to like cure in have you seen the movie i am legend no with will smith no okay because this sounds very similar <laughs> this is like the plot of i am legend <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. It's I, I don't know who it was, but in I Am Legend, Will Smith, he's like, I think he's like the last person, or like one of the last, but he's like in a city. I haven't seen it in a long time, so forgive me, but he has like this person like trapped in his basement, and I don't know if it's anyone of importance to him, but he's like trying to figure out how to cure, cure them, huh. and he ends up figuring it out by the end of the movie. Sorry, spoilers, spoiler warning. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler warning after he spoils it. Yeah, it's a very good movie though. Uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend yeah but i don't know i've had a lot i've had a strange amount of dreams that include me having to escape some sort of situation and following a person into a flesh-like tube (laughs) (laughs) you've had multiple dreams where you have have. to follow someone in a flesh-like tube yeah like it's like a human-sized tube but there's like a fleshy plastic lining on the inside what does that even mean like fleshy like it's like skin yeah like if you if you could imagine (laughs) like somebody's asshole but made out of plastic and you're going down this tube yes that has you have to look that up (laughs) there's something going on there's a problem i need to talk to somebody about this oh my god one time when i was a little kid i had a dream that the teenage mutant ninja turtles killed people what yeah, like and it's strange because how well I remember this dream, like, to this day. So, me and my mom went to the mall, right? And we're, like, you know, looking through the clothes, having a grand old time. Grand. And then the fucking Ninja Turtles pop up out of nowhere. And they start, like, using their little, like, swords and, like, you know, their Nunchucks. weapons. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a while, so I don't know what their weapons are. So, excuse me for that, but... They're just, like, chopping people up. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) My, like, six-year-old self. And somehow I find, like, these little hooks. And I climb up the wall. And I'm on... The ceiling is, like, a dome. And I'm, like, on the ceiling looking... Like you're a mountain climber? You climb up the walls? Yeah, but it's, like, a a ladder sort of thing that's, like, going up the ceiling. And so I climbed it. Okay. In... And then I was just, like, watching these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, kill everybody below me. And I was, like, watching my mom get wait, cut and, up. and you were six? Yeah. And, <laughs> and wait a second. 
And there was like blood and stuff. Yeah. Damn, bro. And it was like guts. Yeah. And you were six. Well, I mean, also, my dad... <laughs> my dad let me watch the whole Saw series when I was six as well. Oh, so this definitely was the number one contributor. Oh, yeah. Okay, well... <laughs> and also, maybe some childhood trauma, but we're not going to get into that. Right now. <laughs> dear, dear God. <laughs> All of our viewers listening in like oh my god <laughs> like we're about to get like we're about to get our first comment and it's gonna be like their psychiatrist that they want me to talk to <laughs> yeah <laughs> jesus christ all right well enough about that i guess i'll get into my little part for this week the murder um i figured um, so this week we're gonna learn more towards the conspiracy side instead of like, you know, absolutely terrible, disgusting. I thought we could use a little bit of a break from the terror, just you know, ease up this week. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, we need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So this week we're gonna do the Zodiac Killer. Ooh. Yeah. So there have been like some movies and like stuff about this guy. It's 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 pretty popular. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. Is there a Netflix show about it? I don't know. I think there is. A Netflix show? Yeah. If there is, I'm going to have to watch it. Because I've seen, like, uh, movies about him. Yeah. I think I, I have seen... Yeah, there's a... Oh, maybe the movie. Oh, it is a movie, yeah. So, the Zodiac Killer is quite well known for, like, taunting the police with his clues. Um, he admitted to killing... 37 people but investigators only agreed on seven. Oh, you know what i seen this on what on uh, american horror story yeah what season was that i think it was cult cult it was cult yeah i remember because they they claimed um the the oh shit it was that it was that crazy lady the one that was um that killed um andy warhol and um it was like the 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 scum the scum manifesto but they were like the Zodiac killers in American Horror Story. It's like not true, but you know what I'm talking about? This is Cult. I know 100% this is from season Cult. The, Wait. Okay, that lady, she wrote the Scum Manifesto and she's like a psychopath. And then there was like all those other ladies that were like involved. And then they would kill people, but then they created the character of the Zodiac Killer. I have no recollection of you really what you're don't talking, know what I'm about. talking about. No. Oh, maybe no. It wasn't Coven. I haven't seen Coven. You haven't seen Coven? No, I haven't. Why? I because I tried to watch episode one, but it was like wasn't very good. No, it gets really good. You have to fucking watch it. Does it? Yes. Have you seen Roanoke? Yes. That one's trash, right? I've seen all of them, and yes, Roanoke is fucking <laughs> shit. Is Hotel good? Yes. Okay. Very. I think I'm on like episode like five. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, in season five, because, um... Fucking Lady Gaga's in it, what are you talking about? Of course, it's good, of course, it's good. Dude, she should come back. She really should. Yeah. What's his next, do you, is there, no, I looked it up the other day, so... Anyway. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's in, it's in the cult season, and it was that lady, and then... Well, I'll have to look that up later yeah. or something. Okay, anyway, sorry. But... <laughs> So, investigators, they only were able to confirm that he killed seven people, two of which lived. Um, those people are David Arthur Faraday, another David name. There's been a lot of those. 
all the David the murderers. No, but this one's the victim. Oh, okay. He was the murderer. They're just always involved in yeah. some sort of murder. So we should we should tell our friend David about this. Yeah, we should make sure he stays. Well, <laughs> he might be the murderer. Yeah, yeah, that's very. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> Ethan, don't tell him. We know you listen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, so David, Betty Lou Jensen, Michael Renault, Mago. <laughs> Darlene Elizabeth Farron, Brian Calvin Hartnell, and Cecilia Ann Shepard and Paul Lee Stein. So these murders all happened between December of 1968 and October of 1969. Okay. So the shootings of David and Betty happened first on Oct- not October, December 20th. The teenage couple were on their first date and planned to attend a concert near Betty's house. But they instead stopped at a local restaurant and then went to a area well-known for people in their cars doing the kissy-kissy and stuff, you know. Oh, the make-out point. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, they were said to have parked around 10, 10, 15, and their bodies were found at 11 by a local. Okay. So, the local police investigated the murders, but no leads had developed. And when Robert Graysmith, a forensic scientist, discovered that another car pulled into the spot a few minutes prior to 11, parked behind the couple, the killer had apparently left the vehicle and went towards the couple. He must have ordered them to get out of the car. And Betty is said to have exited first, yet when David was halfway out of the car, the killer shot him right in the head and then he shot betty five times in the back as she tried to run and her body was found 28 feet from the car and when i first read that i didn't read that she got out of the car first and i was like man he really shot her and blew her 28 feet away from the car (laughs) jesus what she shoot her with a freaking a shotgun not rpg (laughs) no i i actually don't know what he what he shot them with oh okay just with a a gun that uses bullets. Yes, one of those kinds. That can propel someone 28 feet. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> On the night of July 4th, all the good fireworks and stuff, Darlene and Michael drove into the Blue Rock Springs, four miles from where the previous murders took place. Um, you know, they were doing their thing sitting in the car, and apparently another car had drove up beside them, parked, and then left a couple seconds later. Um, the car then returned a little bit later, parked behind them. Same as he did to the last people. Um, the driver then got out and went to the passenger side of the car before shining a flashlight in their eyes and shooting both of them. Um, several shots were fired and some even passed through Michael into Darlene. So this is a powerful gun we got here. Yeah. Um... Then the killer started to leave and go back to his car, but he heard noises from one of the victims and decided to go back and shoot them both another two times. At 12.40 a.m., a man called the police department claiming responsibility for the attack and the previous murders on December 20th. Police then traced the phone call to a booth a few miles from the police department. Darlene was pronounced dead at the hospital, but Michael lived considering he had been shot in the face, neck, and chest. Good God. What a trooper. Yeah. Dude, imagine. 
you're getting shot in the face, neck, and where else? Chest. Damn, this guy really. Damn, good for we him. We have a superhero here, boys. Good for him. Um, he described the attacker as a 26 to 30 year old white male and around 200 pounds, also around five foot eight and light brown curly hair. Mm, it's always the ones with light brown curly hair. <laughs> My ex. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> on August 1st, uh, 1969, three letters were received at the Vajero Times Herald, the San Francisco Chronicle, and the Francisco Examiner. <laughs> Nearly identical letters had been examined by a psychiatrist and his behavior and language were analyzed to be brooding and isolated. That's some criminal mind shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say something about criminal minds earlier because that was the TV show that popped up when Quentin logged into Netflix that started talking. Oh, was that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the person who wrote the letters took credit for both shootings. Each letter included a third of a 408 symbol cryptogram, which the killer claimed his identity. He also demanded that the letters be printed on the front page of the newspapers or he would, and I quote, cruise around all weekend killing lone people in the night, then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. So he really bought a just ratatata. All that masses, dude. Holy shit. The Chronicle published its cryptogram on page four, not the front page. It wasn't worth the front page, apparently. No. And they even included included a note that they didn't believe that he was the killer. Um, the dozen murders that were threatened never happened. However, another letter was received on the 7th at the San Francisco Examiner with the starter, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. Now, this was also the first time that he had used this name to identify himself. And the letter was a response to the chief's statement that they didn't have enough evidence that he was the murderer. And so, to prove himself, he stated facts about the murders that were not yet released to the public. And it also included a message that once they cracked the code, they, quote, will have him. Oh. Don't know what that means. But on August 8th, Donald and Betty Hardin solved the 408 symbol cryptogram and said it contained a misspelled reference from the book The Most Dangerous Game. Now, I also noticed that when going through all of these letters and stuff, it had a lot of, or, like, all of my information, they had a lot of quotes from, like, his letters, and a lot of them have spelling errors, which is, like... In his letters? Yeah. Oh. Is, like, dyslexia? I'm not sure that he's dyslexic, because it was, like... There's an E in a spot where there's not supposed to be, so I think he was just really bad at he spelling. Was, he was using Old English. I think he was just trying to sound out the big kid words, and he wasn't doing it the right way. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he seems not that dumb. Yeah. I don't know. My, <laughs> me typing this up into Google Docs and using his wording, my, my grammar correct got very angry at me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i bet yeah also um he used a reference from the most dangerous game we had to read that book as a freshman 
Didn't we quit? I think we did, yeah. With Mr. Lerner? I don't, I don't know. I think it was like a, did we have to read the whole thing? I remember watching the movie. Of course, I remember oh, watching yeah, the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, But I don't remember reading the whole book. Well, for those of you who didn't have to read this book as a freshman, it's about like this rich guy who would hunt people instead of animals for fun. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, the, there's like people like crash landed on his island. And he was like a he was retired from like the military, but then he, I don't know, I I don't know what the deal was. Like, did he say they could be free or something? Free? Well, I mean, they, they had to escape him. They had to escape him. Yeah, but like they had like a whole ass conversation with him, and then he like gave him like a deal, like if they did the hunt thing. I guess he didn't really have a choice. Yeah. But they end up killing him. They feed him to like dogs or something. They killed the rich guy. Yeah. Yeah, they killed the rich guy. The the hunted out smarted the rich guy. Yep. <laughs> in the end. Yep. There's a message there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know the message is a little confusing because he isn't really hunting people. He's just kind of like boo bam. No, I meant the 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 regular people ate out the rich people. Socialism. <laughs> oh. That's the message. <laughs> I don't know if that's like the actual message, but that's just what well, I said. I'm saying surmised. it's confusing because he isn't hunting people, so. <laughs> um, he also stated that he was collecting slaves for the afterlife. Um, not sure what that's about. Yeah, you know. Um, they were unable to find a name in the decoding, but he stated he wouldn't release his identity because it would stop his slave collection. Uh, this confused me even more because he isn't, like, kidnapping people, so, like, how is he collecting them? Is he, That's like, the question. is he, like, collecting their souls for the afterlife? Or? He's, he's a ginger. He doesn't actually have <laughs> he's a ginger. The, the brown curly hair is just a wig. Yeah. I can say that, by the way. I'm a ginger, if, if anyone doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On September 27th. Students Cecilia and Brian were picnicking on a small island by Twin Oak Ridge. A white man, around 5 foot 11, weighing a bit more than 170 pounds with greasy brown hair, had approached them wearing an executioner's type hood with clip-on sunglasses over the eye holes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Quinton heard me laughing earlier and asked what I was laughing at, and it was the fact that he had clip-on sunglasses <laughs> over the whole of his Execution. executioner-type style hood. It's, like, so serious, and then he's like, clip-on yeah. sunglasses. <laughs> oh, my God. What time is this? This is the, the 1969... The 1969s? Yeah, I was going to say the 1960s, but <laughs> it's specifically yeah. 1969. So. Well, clip-on sunglasses were like a thing around the 70s. So. Heck yeah, just clip them on that mask. Yeah. What, you know, clip-on sunglasses are still a thing now. Let's just be honest. They've never went out of style. Yeah, but like when I thought about clip-on sunglasses, I think, oh, he's wearing a hood and he's got like paper clips fucking holding on just this part of the glasses under the hood. <laughs> Yeah. Like, he literally clipped him on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then he had, like, this white, um, cross circle symbol on his chest. So it was, like, a, a little circle, and it had, like, a, a plus sign going through it. Yeah. And, um... We'll, we'll put it on Instagram, that symbol. Yeah. 
along with other things that I'll mention later on, but... So, this hooded man approached him with a gun, and he said to be an escaped prison convict who had escaped and stolen a car and now needed their car and money to go to Mexico because the vehicle he was driving was, quote, too hot. Um, he also brought pre-cut pieces of plastic clothesline. Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just carrying around some pre-cut plastic clothesline. <laughs> That's Not suspicious at all. Strangling people. Yeah. But he told Cecilia to tie up Brian before he tied her up. Um, he then checked their restraints and tightened Brian's after he discovered Cecilia had tied them loosely. You know, in efforts of him getting out, but... Um, you know, he then decided to stab them both repeatedly, Brian being stabbed six times and Cecilia ten times. The killer then hiked 500 yards back to the road and drew the same cross circle he was wearing on their car door with pen and wrote beneath it. So this is, this is a quote here. With a pen? Yeah, he wrote with a pen on like the fabric of their car door. Oh, the Oh, so like the inside. Yes. Okay, it sounded like you meant like on like the metal. I was like, what? <laughs> nah. <laughs> a pen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it start it stated Vejo, um twelve twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you say that like a greeting? <laughs> Vejo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Vejo slash twelve twenty sixty eight slash seven four sixty nine slash September. SEPT 2769 slash by knife. What the fuck does that mean? Um, the Vejo is the place and then three dates and then by knife. Oh. Oof. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And if, if you remember correctly, our, uh, our first murder was December 20th, which is 12-20-68, which is the first date that he put down. But then at the end it says by knife when the first two were shot. So I don't know if the by knife is just concluding to the last part, considering that um, the last date is the day that this took place. Mm-hmm. So not too sure about that one. Yeah. But, uh... Then later that same day at 7.40 p.m., the killer called the police department from a payphone to report his latest killings. He called and stated that he wished to report a murder, no, a double murder, before stating that he had been the perpetrator. The phone was found dangling off the holster, and a little while later, they found the car. Detectives were able to lift a sweaty palm print off the phone, but it didn't match to anyone in their system. A man and his son were then fishing nearby and heard Cecilia and Brian screams for help. He found the victims and called the park rangers and the police. Cecilia was still conscious when the police arrived and provided the detailed description of the attacker, which matched the previous one. They were then taken to a hospital, and Cecilia died two days later while Brian had survived. So, those are our two survivors. Oh, man. Yeah. And then on October 11th, 1969, a white male entered a cab in San Francisco requesting to be taken to Presidio Heights, 
For unknown reasons, the driver drove one block past the road he requested to be dropped off at, and so he decided to shoot the driver in the head before taking his wallet and car keys and then tore off a piece of his shirt. Oof. Yeah, so, uh, if there's any taxi drivers out there, don't drive an extra block. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. The killer was observed by three teenagers who were across the street at 9.55 p.m. who called the police while the crime was happening. They observed the killer wiping down the car so that no traces of himself would be left behind before walking to the north. Two blocks from the crime scene, two officers responded to the call and observed a white man walking on the sidewalk and stepping into a stairway leading to one of the homes on the north side of the street. They estimated the pedestrian to be similar but slightly older than the person the teenagers described. The police radio had initially stated to be on the lookout for a black male, which is why they passed the man without stopping. The reason for this mix-up is unknown. So, they just kind of were like, black guy, when they knew it was a white guy, but... They messed up, and who knows, they could have caught him that day. So after that, they began a search for the man, but no one was found. Uh, later, the teeth re- later, the three teenagers then worked with the police to form a sketch, and the police questioned nearly 2,500 2, suspects over the following years in efforts to find this guy. So, um, on October 14th, 1969, the Chronicle received another letter from the Zodiac, along with a piece of the taxi driver's shirt that he had tore off as evidence that he was indeed the killer. He was done with this, I believe it's you shit. He was like, I'm including the evidence right off the get-go. He wanted them to know it was him. Yeah. So he had demanded that uh, the well-known lawyer, Melvin Belly, appear on a talk show or he would shoot a whole school bus full of children. Melvin agreed to meet with him on the show. However, um, he never showed. Well, Melvin showed up, but the The Zodiac killer. killer did not. Yeah. Someone did call multiple times, though, claiming to be the Zodiac and that his name was Sam. Oof. But we don't know. Yeah. So then, on November 8th, the Zodiac mailed a card with another encrypted message consisting of 340 characters that has never been decoded. Um... On the 9th, the Zodiac mailed another letter stating that two policemen had actually stopped and spoke to him the night that he killed the taxi driver, and there's no and there. (laughs) Pieces of the letter were published, including his claim that the same day an officer wrote a memo explaining the night of the taxi, explaining the night of the taxi murder. On December 20th, the Zodiac mailed a letter to Melvin, along with another piece of the driver's shirt, and asked for help. Now, when also doing my research, I cannot have any idea of what he asked for help, but he just asked for help. Hmm. Um, The Zodiac continued to communicate with the the police the next year through letters and messages. On April 20th, the Zodiac wrote, My name is followed by a 13-character decipher. He then went on to state that a recent bombing of a police station was not his doing. Don't worry, guys. It wasn't him. Uh, But then he added, and I quote, There is more glory to killing a cop than a citizen because a cop can shoot back. 
Gotta love it. Um, he then included a picture of his own little, or not a picture, a diagram of his own little handmade bomb that he claimed he would use to blow up a school bus. And then at the bottom of the picture, he wrote his little cross circle signature thing, followed by equals 10 SFPD equals zero, which is, you know, he made up a little point system for him. So he has 10 points and the police have no points. They gotta, they gotta get together on this. Yeah. The Zodiac then sent another card to the Chronicle. It stated, and I quote, I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast, followed by his signature cross circle. He then threatened to use his bomb soon unless the paper published all of his details, and he went to see people, and he wanted to see people wearing his signature cross circle on buttons. So he sent another letter in June of 1970, and he said that he was upset because he didn't see anybody wearing his buttons. Oh, like, no. what? What are they supposed to do now? I don't know, but man, these these perfectly normal citizens weren't wearing these this murderer's button. <laughs> what the heck? I also included a little a little sad face in my notes right here. Oh, did you? Yeah, right there. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Um, so he then went on to say that he shot another man, but the detectives deny that he was involved in this murder, although it still remains unsolved. Um, included with the letter was a road map of the San Francisco Bay Area. He had drawn his little circle cross thing over the image of Mount Diablo, and at the top of his image he wrote a 0369. The instruction stated that the zero was to be set to mag n. Um, it also included another 32 character decipher that the Zodiac claimed could, would lead to the location of a bomb that he buried set to go off in the fall. The cipher was never decoded and the alleged bomb was never found. Uh, he signed the note with his signature equals 12. He got two more points and the police were still at zero. Um, did the the bomb go off? No. Oh. Nah, he's just a liar. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) They never decoded the thing. They never found the bomb. It never went off. There's, like, a bomb just sitting somewhere, just, like, idly ready to go off. He, like, expected it to go off, but, like, he put one of the wires in wrong. Yeah, and now it could just go off any second. Yeah. Like, one kid in school stomps on the playground too hard and... Jesus. (laughs) My bad. It demented much, shit. (laughs) <laughs> goes straight for the kids yeah well i mean he's going for the school buses so yeah i guess <laughs> i mean why would it not be at a playground <laughs> but um in the letter to the chronicle in july the zodiac took credit for the abduction of a woman four months after the incident had happened um in a later july letter he paraphrased a song and added his own lyrics about making a little list of the ways he planned to torture his slaves in paradise the letter was signed and had a new score of him 13 police zero so somehow he got himself another point 
um, and a note at the bottom that stated, P.S. The Mount Diablo Code concerns radians plus number of inches along the radians. And then in 1981, they examined the radian angle that pointed to the location of two of his attacks. And then on October 7th, 1970, the Chronicles received a note card that he had signed with one of his cross circles and a small cross that he had repeatedly drawn over the whole thing in blood. The message consisted of words and letters cut out from the Chronicles newspapers and 13 holes were punched across the card. Inspectors agreed that it was highly probable that the card came from the Zodiac, though they had no evidence. The Zodiac then sent a letter to Paul Avery, the journalist who was covering him. He received a Halloween card signed with the letter Z and his signature little cross symbol. He also received a note that stated, Peekaboo, you are doomed. The threat got a front-page story, and then he received an anonymous tip that a case from 1966 was very similar to those of the Zodiac. There were letters after this college girl's death, one that was sent to the press that was a confession of the murder, including details not yet released by the public, as he had done before. And then, another six months after her death, the same letter was sent to her parents, the press, and the police, stating, quote, there will be more. They concluded that he didn't murder the girl, but he may have sent the letters to falsely claim the credit. In another story appearing on November 13, 1972, Bill Baker suggested that the murder of a young couple in 1963 might have been the work of the Zodiac Killer. They were shot before their bodies were placed in a shed before the killer unsuccessfully tried to burn it down. And then after the last card, the Zodiac remained silent for almost three years before the Chronicle received another letter on January 29, 1974, praising the movie The Exorcist as, quote, the best satirical comedy that I have ever seen. It also included a small piece from the Mikado and an unexplainable symbol at the bottom and a new score that set him, 37, the police, zero. So, somehow he went from 13 to 37. Not sure how that happened, but, uh... He's just a winner. Yeah. He's just, like, giving himself points at this at this point. Yeah, at the... Yeah, funny. Punny. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But, so, on to, like, the currents of this. So, in 2004, the police had marked the case inactive and closed it. However, they reopened the case sometime in February of 2007. The case is now open in Napa County and in the city of Riverdale. In May 2018, the Vajeo Police Department announced their intent to collect the Zodiac Killer's DNA from the back of the stamps that he used in his letters. It's hoped that he could be caught. They said that results were expected in a few weeks in May of 2018. However, no results have been reported to this date. Yeah, they ain't got shit. Yeah, they said a few weeks. My ass. Yeah. The police say a few weeks. You best know it's going to be a long <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> shit. Okay. Like when they said the election results were going to be in by Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> you, I don't even think all of them are in now. Yeah. Like I think a lot of states are still like 99% reporting. Yeah. As a joke. Well, um, some pretty interesting stuff this week. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For us, it's currently 11.20 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah. 
I gotta go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you check out our Instagram. We're gonna post a couple pictures from today's episode just so you can get a visual of what we were talking about. Yeah, we're gonna post Quentin's metal rod. <laughs> and yes, then, we're gonna post my metal rod. <laughs> and then we're gonna post um some images of the Zodiac Killer's letters and stuff. E- yes fun fun stuff yeah uh crime spiracy pod that's our instagram handle i think and yep. crime spiracies at crime spiracies our twitter uh crimespiracy.com um you can just there's hyperlinks there where you can just click on all of our all of our different socials don't forget our facebook and our facebook which for all the moms out there for, yes facebook moms are welcome um we love Facebook moms. Yes. Um, but, uh, thank you everyone for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. Well, yeah, well, we'll, we won't really see anyone. You'll hear us next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll hear us next week in an all new episode of Crime Spiracy. See ya. Bye guys. Bye.